Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. All right, guys. Welcome to, uh, a, to a week. To uh, woo, yeah, welcome to the Odd for Trash podcast after an unintentional vacation. <laughs> I am Krista, don't ask microphone, and I'm Anna. <laughs> That's what happened last week. Something happened that the microphone got, got skew and it didn't pick up Anna's end of the conversation. So when it started, so when I went to listen back to it, it was just me in a one-sided conversation. So it's like an audio version of that Garfield minus Garfield cartoon. <laughs> Better than an audio version of Garfield getting thrown out the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although that cartoon's funny as hell. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Garfield getting thrown out of window is the best. Oh, oh my god! Now that's what happened last week, guys. I it, yeah, we recorded it just fine. Yeah, it, it 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 you know she and I could hear each other perfectly. We went on for like over an hour talking about uh talking about Adriana Lecouvreur, uh, making fun of Peter's porn stash. No, it was Forza del Destino. Yeah. No, it was Forza del Destino last week. Oh, that's right. It was. It was. That's right. That was, Not a dream. Yeah, it was Forza del Destino, and we were. Really, it did. Yeah, we did that the week before. So we were talking about. Uh, I thought we were expecting Jonas. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we were talking about the, uh, uh, the table slide, and um, and uh, it, you know pants pants. And uh, how and um, uh, the and uh, oh, Jonas Kaufman Mingo, <laughs> and you missed all the good jokes because it didn't record her. <laughs> you missed all my bitchiness, yeah. But but never fear, we are going to talk about Forza in November. We, we've pushed it back, we're gonna talk about Forza in November. Uh, so don't worry. Um, this week, however, we have more bitch lasagna drama. Uh, I, and I, after this, we only have one more uh, bitch lasagna opera to talk about. So, and we'll have to tackle that because I haven't even finished. Yeah, I haven't even finished watching Tanhoiza. I, I started watching it and it's like, okay, you know, I have better things to do. 
like <laughs> we all have better things to do <laughs> but, but this one uh this one has this one this one has ties to Tristan Unisolda this week's so we'll, we'll hear about that in, in, in a little bit um but uh yeah we do apologize for for uh that that's uh unexpected uh, break but uh rest assured that yeah. we are that Bitch we ass are, microphone yeah rest assured that we are back on our we are we have well we didn't get off our bullshit from last week and we are on even more bullshit this week <laughs> yeah i was gonna say when are we not on our bullshit yeah. <laughs> so um, let's kick things off because uh, I want to talk about. First of all, I want to let, let's get let's bitch let's get this bitch shit out of the way. There is a uh, there earlier in the week. There was a uh, San Francisco Symphony choral director, uh, Ragnar uh, Bolin. He it's announced. Yeah, he's. He's he's another bitch lasagna. He he said he's going to resign from he resigned from his post due to the vaccine mandate policies instituted by both the company and the city of San Francisco. Okay, he he says uh, who fucking who? Yeah, uh, he he has been outspoken against COVID vaccines on his Facebook page. Before his resignation, he uh, he um posted numerous articles questioning the COVID vaccine, including one that said the vaccine that could lead to severe disease. <laughs> what? You're not getting it, could? Yeah. yeah. Hey. Stupid ass motherfucker. Okay, 99% of, of the people who are in the hospital with COVID and 99% and of the people who are dying of COVID have been unvaccinated. One percent of everybody who died of the people who have died and are hospitalized have been vaccinated. Only one percent. Okay, only one fucking percent. Yeah. It, it, it just yeah, and like in the breakthrough cases, they haven't even they haven't, with very few exceptions, been all that severe. Here's the thing, though: the the vaccines may have like ninety six percent efficacy against getting it, but they've all been. Pretty- against dying yeah if you have yeah would you rather be inconvenienced by being mildly ill or dead or dead yeah would you would you rather be mildly clearly this guy wants to die yeah you know it's like it's like dying to own the libs you know (laughs) literally dying to own the liberals i god You know, you know all those all those dumbasses who chuck their carrigs out of, out the window and that line from that one line from Jesus Christ Superstar. Like all I can anytime I read this, all I can think of is that one line from Jesus Christ Superstar: "Die if you want to, you misguided martyr." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like when they when they burned when they when like they, yeah, Pontius Pilate was mocking Jesus in that one, but I mean. Good God. It, it applies so it, well to the anti-vaxxers, too. Oh, like, it does. okay. It does. Um, it, it just, uh, ha, ha. you know, I, 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 I we're at least you're dead. Yeah. 
Weird hill, yeah, weird hill to die on, but you're dead. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't, I seriously, can you tell? We don't have any sympathy or empathy for anyone who does not get vaccinated. We don't. You know, that is. Especially because they then want health care. It's like, look, you refuse to do your part. Why the fuck should they have to do theirs? Yeah. You know, you're taking up space that other people, you know, could desperately, desperately need. You know, if I if I were to get seriously ill and I needed to go to the hospital, uh, you know, chances are I'd have to be I'd have to go, you know, elsewhere because our hospitals here, you know, they're they're not that very they're not very big. So I'd have to go to maybe to Youngstown you know, I, or Pittsburgh because God knows we're only at like 40 some percent vaccination, vaccination rate in this county. And it, you know, I, I, I just, ah, we're, we're, we're red. This county is, this county is red. That means it's high, not substantial, not orange, which means substantial, that it means high, like you know, there's a high rate of, you know, infection here again. Great. Y'all be tripping balls. Ugh. Probably all the, this county is so rural. It's probably there's probably people out there, you know, woofing down horse and cow dewormer, had trot, trotting off to tractor supply company. Yeah, enjoy your diarrhea, by the way. Yeah. Oh, oh, and by the and way, your diarrhea, folks, because I hear it making people poop like motherfuckers. Oh, and by the way, so honestly, if you think if you think it's horse dewormer, honestly, if you're stupid enough to take horse dewormer to protect against COVID, you deserve to shit yourself in public. <laughs> you do. Yes, you do. Oh, and by the way, if anybody, if, if, the people who who in the in the, like the Facebook <laughs> groups, deserve that. They think they're shedding worms. They're like, oh, I'm shedding, I'm shedding hookworms and roundworms. No, you know what that is in your poop? That's your you're actual getting- intestinal lining. You're actually shedding big chunks <laughs> of your intestinal lining. That's that's not worms. That's your intestinal. Yeah, enjoy dying from that, folks. Yeah, you know, you know how I, and you know how I know that it's because that it's because uh, uh, the uh, parents of autistic kids would mm-hmm. to uh, to try to cure their kids of of uh, autism. They would give them like uh, what's called chelation treatments, bleach, bleach, and chelation treatments, and their kids would be quote unquote because they think that. Autism is caused by parasites and by shedding these worms. Because they're dumbasses. Yeah. And they're, they think, oh, they're pooping at these worms. Well, they're not. They're, they're shedding their own lining, their own intestinal lining. And you're going to kill your kids. That's how I know that, that, that these people are, 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 are literally, you know, shitting themselves. They're, they're not only pooping and shitting their pants in public, they're they're actually shitting out their own their own bodily organs. So yeah. Which they deserve to. Yes. If you're stupid enough seriously, if you're yeah will help you, then you deserve to shit your organs out in public. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, this ain't fucking mane and tail type shit, people. No, this is not, this is, this is not, uh, what, what that, that cow cream. This is not that utter, this isn't, we're not talking about utterly smooth cow cream. Okay. I love that stuff to death. I love that stuff. It, it, it was, it was, it, it began as being made, you know, in this, in this county, that, that company uh, began in Salem, Ohio, the, the company that, uh, started making uh, utterly smooth cow cream that, that started in Salem and now it's like the it's now it's like a really pop really hot business okay but seriously this is not mane and tail this is not uh utterly smooth this is horse and cow dewormer that is not safe for humans there is not safe for humans because you're shitting out your own butt ah all right, moving on from talking about shitting out your own intestines, um, uh, which I see that former coral director is doing at the moment because it couldn't happen to a more deserving person. Oh, I know. Seriously, uh, moving on. Uh, people that are not that are are smart enough to uh, to know that you should wear a mask and be vaccinated. Um, the Opus Classic Awards have been uh, announced. The winners of your the, intestines. Uh, yeah, uh, the Opus Classic has announced the winners of their 2020 awards. Uh, Sonia Yoncheva, <clears throat> one female singer of the year for her album Rebirth. <laughs> yep, Auntie Sonia. She won her. She won an uh, she won award for her album Rebirth. And uh, Piotr, your husband, uh, uh, won for Singer of the Year for his album Vincero. Um, <clears throat> so, yep. And, 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 uh, Jonas, uh, and Antonio Papano's recording of Otello from last year, from last summer, uh, won Opera Recording of the Year. So, <clears throat> okay. finally, it's being recognized. Remember last year, remember, you know, when the, when the, uh, when the Grammys were announced, I'm like, should be scared and horny. yeah, remember, remember last year when the, when the, uh, when the Grammys were announced, I was like, Porgy and Bess did deserve that Grammy. Yes, <laughs> they did. They did. But like, but like they did, but like, Otella wasn't even like nominated. I would have been happy with it just being nominated, you know? But it wasn't even recognized. It wasn't even nominated. So congratulations to everyone who won, especially Sonia and Piotr and yeah. Jonas. Sonia and Piotr and Jonas. And the Opus Classic Award Ceremony will take place September 23rd at the Ripple the in Hamburg. So, uh, so there's that. Now, we have, we have, okay, so I think, uh, to read to you. We we caught we Oh caught, yes, this <laughs> This was fucking cool. This is so cool. I love this. Uh we we have to read this. Uh we, I'm gonna pull up the Yeah. We uh I'm gonna we pull have up on to, Twitter. We have to give shout shout outs to uh Sharon Sue, aka Doodly Roses, uh and Emily Edwards, aka Ms. Emily Edwards on Twitter. Uh, for this, because Ms. Emily Edwards, uh, she uh, she put out the idea. 
She said, I need ideas for fuckboys of art history or boys of classical music to write about. So I, I actually, uh, I actually suggested, uh, I said Puccini was a fuckboy. I also suggested, uh, the whole, uh, sordid story of, um, Tristani Sola. So, <laughs> because I, I see, I so, I so want to go on some, somebody's podcast and talk about that. I do. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I suggested Chopin. Yeah, I, um, I suggested, I was like, my brain keeps, go- keeps going Placido Domingo, but he's saying classical music, so I don't think that counts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, wow, he, I mean, he, he still fuck with classical music, who cares? Um, but, uh, so this one is about, uh, Franz Liszt. And, and, and wouldn't you know it, you know, th- this ties into next month's, th- this, this is kind of a nice tie-in to, uh, Jonas's, uh, album drop next month. I think that is, I think it's a nice uh, tie-in to it. To his to uh, Frightful and Lifeful uh, being uh, released next month. Um, so uh, Emily Edwards, she she uh, made the call out for fuckboys of art history or fuckboys of classical music. And I yeah like she she suggested Costa Domingo. I suggested Puccini and Wagner. So Sharon Sue, <laughs> aka Doodly Roses, she she came up with this. She said there's an unconfirmed story that Chopin and Liszt went from friends to frenemies after Liszt banged Chopin's crush in Chopin's apartment. Oh my god. Now you have now you have our attention. Okay. <laughs> so then she says she says it's unconfirmed she's unconfirmed before it because I read it in one book have been unable to find any supporting evidence, but I want so badly for this to be true. She says, and then she goes, me claiming unconfirmed historical events is a fraught business that requires extensive research and critical reading of reliable sources. Also me, List pra- absolutely boned Marie Pleyel in Chopin's apartment and nothing can convince me otherwise. <laughs> so, so the three people we have in this in this little love triangle are Franz Liszt, Frederick Chopin, and Marie Pleyel. Yeah, <laughs> and and Marie Pleyel. Okay, she she says. By the way, Marie Pleyel was a hot concert pianist who intimidated Clara Schumann and jilted Hector Berlioz, who was desperately in love with her. Just off the charts, big dick energy here. That is true. That is absolutely true. That she that she jilted Berlioz. I. <laughs> she did. She did. Then she goes. I'd ask fuck, Baron, kill Chopin, list Berlioz, but I think we all know there is only one right answer here. I don't even know. I if it was if it was if it was Chopin, Lister, or or Wagner, I'd kill Wagner. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's like. Hmm. Uh, so she says, "I know I started this off asserting that Franz Liszt was a fuckboy, which he was." And then, yeah. Then she goes on, to this. but I was, but I mm-hmm. realized that this was really Marie Playel's world, and they were all just living in it. <laughs> After knocking boots with Liszt 
and breaking Berlioz's heart. Who deserves she also it? Says, she also says, she also says, F it, this is a Marie Playel girl crush thread now, which, yeah. fair. Yeah. She, okay, so she said, uh, she says, after she, after knocking people's list and breaking Berlioz's heart, who deserved it because Berlioz, uh, she married Camille Playel, a.k.a. the heir to the Playel piano <laughs> manufacturing for, fortune, which was a flawless move because, one, if you are a lady living in the patriarchy, marrying the heir to any kind of fortune is a smart career move, and more importantly, two, unlimited pianos. <laughs> and then she then she says, um, three, if you are Marie Playel, you do not actually have to stay with your husband. Do whatever you want. And then the, the thing here it says, let me see, it says, um, uh, she was engaged to Hector Berlioz in 1830, but after three months, while Berlioz was in Italy, she broke the engagement to marry Camille Playel, scion of the piano manufacturing family. After their separation in 1835, her many love affairs were notorious. Her concert career flourished. Woo! Nice! <laughs> says, obviously I love and adore Clara Schumann, but I am also delighted at this only slightly problematic catty rivalry. It says, um, in view of all these enthusiastic voices, it is not surprising that Clara found 1839 as a rival and nemesis. She's praised for very similar skills, that is, technical brilliance in combination with a poetic rendering, and was equally celebrated as a first-class pianist. From 1836, there's some diary entries by Clara Week on Marie Play. Marks about Playo's male admirers, but also on concert reviews by which Clara was impressed and slightly intimidated. <laughs> There's also a thing that she, the next thing that she shares, um, has a thing highlighted that says, list the latter a personal friend, and she goes, a personal friend. Ah, side eye emoji, side eye emoji, side eye emoji. In quotation marks, a personal friend. Yeah. <laughs> Conservatory in 1848, proving that you can be hot, talented, and break your last ceilings. <laughs> oh my god. She did have to stop because she was getting ready for a date, but she says, she ends by saying, I hereby declare Marie Playel my new patron saint of hot, heartbreaker pianist with killer levels of big dick energy. Yep. So I mean, the Wikipedia entry uh, for her does not say much. All all it mentions was that she married Camille Playel and and was briefly engaged to Berlioz. But I mean that holy shit! <laughs> oh oh yeah that, yeah she <laughs> yeah she th th there's I mean. Holy damn. <laughs> Holy damn. Merkel. Yeah, that's her. that's something. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's a... That's some shit. Yeah. That is some shit. <laughs> and don't forget... I, 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 that I, is some shit. I wonder if I wonder if if uh, I well he yeah you list was a person was a quote unquote person of friend <laughs> yeah personal friend of her who huh yeah <laughs> meanwhile Chopin. Show pants and got blue balls. I'm trying to the contents of her pants. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, show pants got blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> All those nocturnes. Crime <laughs> worship, man. <laughs> All those nocturnes you wrote were like, were, were like, jerk, like music to jerk off, <laughs> jerk off about Marie Playel too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or George Sand, because George Sand was actually a woman, so. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. (laughs) Like, someone in the, um, someone in the thread was like, was like, anyone knows Chopin was gay. He banged George Sand. And then they Googled George Sand and discovered that George Sand was actually a woman. Oh. Oh. Chopin actually, what was it? I, there, he had written, he had written, uh, letters to somebody, uh, and I, it, it's in my, it's in my, uh, Facebook feed. Cause I, cause I remember, cause this, I, I had posted this before I read that thread. And I said, let Chopin be gay. So, so at the very, at the very least, he's bi. Chopin was bisexual. Let me see if I can find that because he was bisexual. See, he, it's yeah. A, yeah. So Chopin was bisexual. Okay. He wasn't gay. He was, he was bi. He, he, he did have, a, he did love another man, but he, he was, you know, it wasn't George Sand because there was a woman. But, uh, yeah, he was. He was bisexual. So, yeah, he wasn't gay, guys. He he was, he was, he was, he loved, he loved everybody, he and women equally. Uh, I know, well, I'll I'll find it and post it in in our Facebook page. Um, Speaking of our Facebook page, I, I, he just loves, just loves yeah, sexy times. Yes, he just loved. He he loves sexy times. Uh, um, speaking of uh, the Facebook page, I posted. Um, 
I posted a few things from Adriana Le Cooper. Um, and I also posted um, just some odds and ends. Oh. Okay, so this happened last week while we were recording our our uh, our ill-fated uh, <laughs> our ill-fated episode. Uh, and, and you missed it, so I'm gonna so we're gonna go over this little story again. Um, we're gonna play it again. So while we were recording this, and this was toward the end of the episode, um, I had I had made this this picture this this meme. I took a screenshot of the of Act Three of Tristan and Isolde, and it's of Yonder sitting at that that table with a, like a coffee cup in front of him. And uh, he's just looking like, like it's it's a fucking Monday morning, you know, and and I put it on a black background and said, you know, and I said I don't need an inspirational quote, I need coffee. So what did I do? On what did I do? It was I think it was uh, Thursday. It was that like that Thursday night. I I posted on Wednesday. And, uh, um, got it, uh, was it Thursday? I think it, I think it was Thursday. And I, I, because this was last Sunday that we, that we, uh, tried recording and, uh, we're sitting there and I, I had, I had, uh, tweeted it to him, not thinking that he, yeah, thinking, okay, he, he's not gonna see yet. He's not gonna, it's not gonna get to him, you know. Uh, and I said, uh, I said, I, 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 I was watching Tristan Isolde and I took a screenshot of this because it reminds you, it reminds me of, you remind me of what I look like before I drink my coffee. And I said, and I said, I said, feel free to, uh, to place this, you know, at, uh, in your coffee, you know, at your espresso bar slash coffee shop. And, uh, as we were towards the end of the recording session, it, it, it popped up that either Jonas or his media manager, whoever was in charge of his phone had, uh, had, um, and, and mind you, this was, and mind you, this was, uh, the, uh, this was last Sunday because I was, wa I had watched Tosca. This was the first, um, this was the first, uh, performance of Tosca in, in, in Austria that they were doing the concert version of Tosca. And, uh, it was, it was, uh, five, it was like 546 at night in the evening here, which there six hours or six hours later, it was like almost midnight. So, and it was, so it was way after the, the uh, concert. So one of them, either Jonas or his media manager, saw it and not only and and replied to my tweet. It was Jonas's actual account, and they replied with a crying laughing emoji. <laughs> you say that I died when I saw that is an understatement. I was in cloud night the rest of the evening. Like, oh my god! Chris is Chris is actually recording this as a zombie. 
Yes, I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, I I couldn't believe that because I I said I said, has well, all I said either Jonas had to, either Jonas had a hold of his phone, and and saw that and 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 loved it, or his media manager. Well. Yeah, and. Or, or his media manager, Thomas Volk, saw that and said, and probably showed it to him and, you know, put the little, I'm going to guess that, I, I, you know, I, 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 I desperately want to believe that it was Jonas. I do. I desperately, desperately want to believe it was Jonas. Because this, <laughs> I do. Because <laughs> that, because that would be right up the sense of humor. My bird is quite high. Yeah. <laughs> but that would that would be right up his his alley in terms of humor. He he, you know, a good dad joke, or whatever, you know, shit like that. Um, but uh, yeah, but, yeah, that that was my senpai noticed me <laughs> or noticed my meme. <laughs> yep, senpai noticed me. Ah, so um. Oh, and one last thing we have to mention uh, before uh, we get onto uh, our our bitch lasagna bullshit. Um, I posted on the Facebook page, uh, Anna Nitrubka, our beautiful diva queen, has released the first single from her upcoming album. Uh, it's coming out in November, and yeah, uh, yeah and it, it's a an aria from Aida, Ritorna Vincitor. And it's it's like a, in a it the, the recording the uh, single has a video. She released a video for it too, and it's just absolutely <clears throat> gorgeous. Oh my god, it's gorgeous. Um, so that's ever on our Facebook page. Go watch that. Um, what else do I have? What else do I have? Oh 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 yeah. I I also posted on uh on on the uh, page. Uh, I found. The Muppet music video, the habanera. Easter habanera. Yeah. Yep. 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 I found that. Uh, so I posted that. So Easter habanera. Easter habanera. <laughs> So I posted that. That's that's what's uh, that's what's on there. In the <laughs> <laughs> like the quickest way to crack either of us up is to just go Easter habanera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah poor animal walking in and out of the seat, just like he's done with this bullshit. Yeah. Look, he's just so fucking tired of it. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, yeah, that 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 you know, I that those are little tidbits they put up in the interim between you know to tide you guys over from last week. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> so there, there's our news for uh, this week, uh, and uh, this so our our. Uh, uh, our bullshit this week. <laughs> our bullshit this week is is from uh, is another entry into our bitch lasagna hall of fame, and uh, it's 
the Meistersinger, the Meistersinger von Nuremberg, uh, or the Master Singers of Nuremberg. Um, so I'm I'm going to go ahead and read uh, these roles. Let's see, quite a list of roles here. Uh, we have Ava, Pogner's daughter, who is a soprano. David, Zach's apprentice, who is a tenor. Walter von Stolzing, uh, a young knight from Franconia, who is a tenor. Sixtus Bexmester, a town clerk and master singer, a baritone. Hans Zachs, a cobbler and master singer, who is a bass baritone. Veit Pogner, a goldsmith and master singer, who is a bass. And then we have the supporting roles. We have Magdalena, who is Ava's nurse, a soprano. We have Kunz Vogelgesang, a furrier and master singer who is a tenor. Baltis Azorn, a pewter, pewterer and master singer who is a tenor. Uh, Augustin Moser, a tailor and master singer. Ulrich Eislinga, a grocer, a grocer and master singer. They're both tenors. Fritz Kotner, a baker and master singer who is a baritone. And the rest of these roles are all bass roles. The Nachtwacha, or Night Watchman. Honrag Nachtigal, a tinsmith and master singer. Hermann Ottel, a soap maker and master singer. Hans Fultz, a coppersmith and master singer. Hans Schwarz, a stocking weaver and master singer. They're all basses. And then the citizens of all guilds and their wives, journeymen, apprentices, young women, and people of Nuremberg. So there's all, there are all the roles. <clears throat> now, Anna, can we, can we go ahead and read this opera and composer history? Hmm. <laughs> Let's see here. So this by bitch lasagna. He got the idea from reading about Nuremberg and its master singers. It debuted June 21st, 1868 at the National Theater in Munich. Fun fact, he stopped writing Siegfried to start writing this, then stopped writing this to write his boner opera about Matilda Wessendonck, and then finished this one, and then finished Siegfried. Yeah, he did. He, he did. Um, <clears throat> he uh much as his dick couldn't. God. Yeah, he he uh he 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 had sketched out all three acts of Tristan. Um he put aside the composition of Siegfried. Um then he you know he he did the Vessendonk leader uh and yeah and then he did, let's see, and then, um, let's see, he, yeah, he started writing it in, la la la, let's see, he started writing it in 1854, yeah, he started writing it, he says, this is, uh, following the completion of Tristan and Isolde, he, he resumed work on Demarcus Singer in 1861, and, yeah, he, he, he fucking, yeah, he, his boner took precedent. His, his boner took, you know, his, 
his boner was, you know, priority. So, yeah. And, and this, by the way, is, is supposed to be a comedy. It's supposed to be a lighthearted comedy. I, yeah. And by the way, it's if also... If you can stay awake through, Rich, I almost fell asleep during this one. Yeah. This is five hours long, guys. Five hours long. And it's not five hours that moves... It's not five hours that moves... No, it, it's... This is five hours where you're like, God damn it, I could be watching the extended edition of Lord of the Rings right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like, it is five hours of boring-ass bullshit. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but... There, there, there's like there are a couple spots in here that are that are pretty good. They're pretty cool, but you know it's it it it's it is not tiring. enough. Yeah, it is it is tiring to watch. I I had I, I watched it this this past week. I found a good I found uh, the Mets uh, 2014 uh, production of it on opera on video and I had to watch it in bits and pieces. That's it. <laughs> I did. I, that's how long it was. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, read Act One. It says uh, that it's uh, set in Nuremberg toward the middle of the 16th century. Act One: The Vorspiel. Okay, the the Vorspiel, the prelude. It says it's one of Wagner's most familiar pieces of music. Uh, scene One: The Interior, St. Catherine's Church in Nuremberg. It's it's Midsummer's Eve, June 23rd. After the prelude, a church service is just ending with this, with a singing of Da Zudia a Highland Come, When the Savior Came to Thee, an impressive pastiche of a Lutheran chorale, as Walter von Stutzig, uh, a young knight from Franconia, addresses Eva Pogner, who he had, whom he had met earlier, and asks her if she is engaged to anyone. Eva and Walter have fallen in love at first sight, she informs him that her father, the goldsmith and master singer Weitpogner, has arranged to give her hand in marriage to the winner of the guild's song contest on St. John's Day tomorrow. Uh, Ava's maid, Magdalena, gets David, Hansak's apprentice, to tell Walter about the master singer's art. The hope is for Walter to qualify as a master singer during the guild meeting, traditionally held in the church after mass, and thus earn a place in the song contest, despite his utter ignorance of the Master Guild's rules and conventions. Scene 2. As the other apprentices set up the church for the meeting, David warns Walter that it is not easy to become a Master Singer. It takes many years of learning and practice. David gives a confusing lecture on the Master Singer's rules for composing and singing. Many of the tunes he describes were real Master Tunes from the period. Walter is confused by the complicated rules, but is determined to try for a place in the guild anyway. Scene 3. The first master singers file into the church, including Ava's wealthy father, Veit Pogner, and town clerk, Beckmester. Beckmester, a clever technical singer who is expecting to win the contest without opposition, is distressed to see that Walter is Pogner's guest and intends to enter the contest. Meanwhile, Pogner introduces Walter to the other master singers as they arrive. Uh, Fritz Kochner, the baker, serving as the chairman of this meeting, calls the roll. Pogner, addressing the assembly, announces his offer of his daughter's hand for the winner of the song contest. When Hans Ox argues that Eva ought to have a say in the matter, Pogner agrees that 
Eva may refuse the winner of the contest, but she must still marry a master singer. Another suggestion by Zacks that the townspeople rather than the master should be called on called upon to judge the winner of the contest is rejected by the other masters. Pogner formally introduces Walter as a candidate for admission into the Master Guild. Questioned by Kodner about his background, Walter states that his teacher in poetry was Walter von der Vogelweide, whose works he studied in his own private library in Franconia, and his teachers in music were the birds and nature himself. Reluctantly, the masters agree to admit him, provided he can perform a master song of his own composition. Walter chooses love as the topic for his song, and therefore is to be judged by Beckmester alone, the marker of the guild for worldly matters. At the signal to begin, Fanget an, Walter launches into a novel freeform tune, So Reif de Lens in Dedwald, breaking all the master singer's rules, and his song is constantly interrupted by the scratch of Beckmester's chalk on his chalkboard, maliciously noting one violation after another. When Beckmester has completely covered the slate of sin with symbols of Walter's errors, he interrupts the song and argues that there is no point in finishing it. Zox tries to convince the masters to let Walter continue, but Beckmester sarcastically tells Zox to stop trying to set policy and instead to finish making his, Beckmester's, new shoes, which are overdue. Raising his voice over the master's argument, Walter finishes his song, but the masters reject him and he rushes out of the church. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. That's some horseshit. Yas. Oh, the horseshit. Yup. So go ahead, F2. So. F2. On the street corner by Pogner and Sax's houses. A linden tree, which can be to or lime tree or basswood stands outside Pogner's house. A fleeter tree, syringa or lime. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus um Apprentices are closing the shutters. Scene one. David informs Magdalena of Walter's failure. In her disappointment, Magdalena leaves without giving David the food she had bought him. This arouses the derision of the other apprentices, and David is about to turn on them when Sax arrives and hustles his apprentice into the workshop. He goes, fuck you, we've got booze in, booze in the back, you can eat that. Um, Pogner arrives with Ava, engaging in a roundabout conversation. Ava is hesitant to ask the outcome of Walter.
It's about whether it was wise to offer his daughter's hand in marriage for the song contest. As they enter their house, Magdalena appears and tells Ava about the rumors of Walther's failure. Ava decides to ask Sachs about the matter. Scene three. As twilight falls, Hans Sachs takes a seat in front of his house to work on new shoes for Beckmesser, which he should let an animal poop in just for, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, because he deserves it. He muses about Walter's song, which has made a deep impression on him. We discuss tomorrow's song contest. Ava is unenthusiastic about Beckmesser, who appears to be the only eligible contestant. She hints that she would not mind if Sachs, a widower, were to win the contest. Aww! So touched, Sachs protests that he would be too old a husband for her. Upon further prompting, Sachs describes Walter's failure at the guild meeting. This causes Ava to storm off angrily, confirming Sax's suspicion that she is falling in love with Walter. Ava is intercepted by Magdalena, who informs her that Beckmesser is coming to serenade her. Ava determined to serenade her at the bedroom window. Ha <laughs> Just as Ava is about to leave, Walter appears. He tells her he has been rejected by the master singers and the two prepare to elope. However, Sax has overheard their plans. As they are passing by, he illuminates and forcing them to hide in the shadow of Pogner's house. Walter makes up his mind to confront Sachs, but is, but is interrupted by the arrival of Beckmesser. As Ava and Walter retreat further into the shadows, Beckmesser begins a serenade. Sachs interrupts a cobbling song and hammering the soles of the half-made shoes. This is the only interesting part of this opera, folks. Yeah. Annoyed, Beckmesser tells Sax to stop, but the cobbler replies that he has to finish tempering the soles of these shoes, whose latest Beckmesser had publicly con- complained about in Act One. Don't fuck with the people that make your shoes. <laughs> yeah. Sax um, offers a compromise. He will be quiet and let Beckmesser sing, but he, Sax, will be Beckmesser's marker and mark each of Beckmesser's musical slash poetic soles with his hand. Beckmesser, who has spotted someone at Ava's window, Magdalena in disguise, has no time to argue. He tries to sing his serenade, but he makes so many mistakes. His tune repeatedly places accents on the wrong symbols of the word, syllables of the words, that from the repeated knocks, Sax finishes his shoes. <laughs> David wakes up and sees Beckmesser apparently serenading Magdalena. He attacks Beckmesser in a fit of jealous rage. Yay! <laughs> The entire neighborhood is awakened by the noise. The other apprentices rush into the full-blown <coughs> riot. Walter tries to escape with Ava, but Sax pushes Ava to her home and drags Walter into his own workshop. Quiet is restored as abruptly as it was broken. A lone figure walks through the street, the night watchman calling out the hour. That fight in, in that final scene of Act 2 is the only part of this that didn't make me want to go to sleep. That was the best part of his offer. <laughs> Yeah. It was like, David's like, I fight! And then the rest of the apprentices are like, We fight too! Yes! Oh my god. We we help! Yeah, help! We help fight! (laughs) Okay, so Act 3, Scenes 1 and 4. Oh, oh, because because Act 3, Scenes 1 and 4, because Act 3... Scene five is is uh, completely different. Um, the prelude, the Vorspiel, is a meditative orchestral interaction using music from two key episodes heard in Act Three. 
Zach's uh, scene one monologue and the Wittenberg Nightingale Quasi Chorale sung by the townspeople to greet Zach's in scene five. Uh, scene one, Zach's workshop. As morning dawns, Zach is reading a large book. Lost in thought, he does not respond as David returns from delivering Beckmaster's shoes. Uh, David finally manages to attract his master's attention and they discuss the upcoming festivities. It is St. John's Day, Hans Zach's name day. David recites his verses for Zach and, and leaves to prepare for the festival. Alone, Zach ponders last night's riot. Madness, madness, er madness, madness, everywhere madness. His attempt to prevent an elopement has ended in shocking violence. Nevertheless, he is resolved to make madness work for him today. Scene 2. Zach gives Walter an interactive lesson on the history and philosophy of music and master singing and teaches him to moderate his singing according to the spirit, if not the strict letter, of the master's rules. Walter demonstrates his understanding by composing two sections of a new prize song in a more acceptable style than his previous effort from Act 1. Zach writes down the new verses as Walter sings them. A final section remains to be composed, but Walter postpones the set and the task. The two men leave the room to dress for the festival. Scene three. Beckmester, still, still sore from his drubbing the night before, enters the workshop. He spots the verses of the prize song written in Zach's handwriting and infers erroneously that Zach is secretly planning to enter the contest for Ava's hand. The cobbler re-enters the room and Beckmester confronts him with the verses and asks if he wrote them. Zach confirms that the handwriting is his but does not clarify he was not the author, author, but merely served as the scribe. However, he goes on to say that he has no intention of wooing Ava or entering the contest, and he presents the manuscript to Beckmesser as a gift. He promises never to claim the song for his own, and warns, Be warns Beckmesser that it is a very difficult song to interpret and sing. Beckmesser, his confidence restored by the prospect of using verses written by the famous Hans Sachs, ignores the warning and rushes off to prepare, prepare for the song contest. Zach smiles at Beckmaster's foolishness, but expresses hope that Beckmaster will learn to be better in the future. Scene four. Ava arrives at the workshop. She's looking for <laughs> she is looking for Walter, but she pretends to have complaints about a shoe that Zach's made for her. Zach realizes that the shoe is a perfect fit, but pretends to set about altering the stitching. As he works, he tells Ava that he has just heard a beautiful song, lacking only an ending. Ava cries out as Walter enters the room, splendidly attired for the festival, and sings the third and final section of the prize song. The couple are overwhelmed with gratitude for Zach's, and Ava asks Zach's to forgive her for having manipulated his feelings. The cobbler brushes them off with bantering complaints about his lot as a shoemaker, poet, and widower. At last, he, however, he admits to Ava that, despite his feelings for her, he is resolved to avoid the fate of King Marka, uh, a reference to the subject of another Wagner opera, Tristani Isolde, in which an old man tries to marry a much younger woman, thus conferring his blessing upon the lovers. David and Magdalena appear. Sox announces to the group that a new master song has been born, which, following the rules of the master singer, has, is to be baptized. Uh, as an apprentice cannot serve as a witness to the baptism, he promotes David to the rank of journeyman with a traditional cuff on the ear. And, all, and by this, also promoting him as a groom and Magdalena as a bride. Uh, he then christens the prize song the Morning Dream. Oh. Yeah, he then christens the prize song the Morning Dream Song or the Morgentrum Dutweiss. Uh, 
after celebrating the good, their good fortune with an extended quartet, most musically capping the first four scenes of Act 3, the group departs for the festival. So, Anna, go ahead and read Act 3, Scene 5. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Almost an act in itself, the scene occupies about 45 minutes of the two hours of Act 3. It is separated from the preceding four scenes by a transforming interlude, which I'm not going to even try to read that German. I say, Ver Ver Verwandlungsmusik. There we go. Um, that takes place at a meadow by the Pegnitz River. It is the Feast of St. John. Various guilds enter, boasting of their contributions to uh, Nuremberg's success. Wagner depicts three of them. The cobblers, whose chorus Sankt Crispin, Lobit in, uses the signature crack. The dealers, who sing the chorus Alt Nuremberg, Belegard Roller, with a goat cry, Mech, Mech, Mech. <laughs> and the bakers, who cut the tailors off with Hunger Schnot, Hunger Schnot. <laughs> Which is an oxymoron, because snot does not induce hunger. I mean, if you're my mom, it even makes you lose your appetite. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, and it's back, 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 or bake, bake, bake. Yep. Um, hunger's not, hunger's not means famine, famine. This lends into the Towns de Lerbben. Dance of the Apprentices. The Master Singers themselves then grandly arrive. According to the praises of Hans Sachs, the most beloved and famous of the Master Singers. Here, Wagner provides a rousing chorus. Vok Elf is not Gen den Tag, uses words written by the historical Sachs himself, and musically relates it to the Wittenberg Nightingale. The contest begins. Beckmesser attempts to sing the verses that he obtained sacks. However, he garbles the words, ha ha, bitch, and fails to fit the ha, bitch, again, and ends up singing so clumsily that the crowd laughs him off. Before storming off in anger, he yells that the song was not even his. Hans Sachs tricked him into singing it. The crowd is confused. How could the great Hans Sachs have written such a bad song? Sachs tells them that the song is not his own and is also that it is, in fact, a beautiful song which the masters will love when they hear it sung correctly. To prove this, he calls a witness. Walter. <laughs> the people are so curious about the song, correctly worded as Morgenlich Luchtende. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, it, it's, it's, and, oh, Shane, yeah, they allow Walter to sing it, and everyone is. Oh, it's it's a Morgenlich Leuchtend im Rosengen Schein. I, I got some of it. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. <laughs> it should be my only, my only knowledge of German comes from Muzzy, but I watched when I was a kid, and I'm 33 now, folks. So it gives you some idea of my skill. Yeah. Um, but they allow Walter to sing it, and everyone is wondering. 
Jim Walter, the winner and the master singers want to make him a member of the guild on the spot. At first, Walter is attempted to reject their offer, but Sax intervenes once more and explains that art, even groundbreaking criteria like Walter's, can only exist within a cultural tradition, which tradition the art sustains and improves. Walter is convinced. He agrees to join. Pogner places the symbolic Masterhood medal around his neck. Ava takes his hand, and the people sing once more the praises of Hans Sachs, the beloved master singer of Nuremberg. And Beckmesser goes to fuck himself. Yeah. So, yeah, the, yeah, we, 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 we As watched, he should. Yeah. <laughs> we watched, uh, the, uh, we watched the same one that I watched, the, uh, the uh, same production that I watched with uh, it had uh, Mikhail Vola, uh, Annette Dash, and Johan Bota. Uh, Johan Bota was Balter, uh, Annette Dash was um, Ava, and Mikhail Vola. Mikhail Vola was um, was uh, Hans Sachs. Um, now there is a big controversy with. Uh, the interpretation and care of the character and role of Beckmesser. And I, I, I get this because of course it's Wagner. So yeah, there has to be controversy. Um, much critical attention. He's going to be racist shit. Yeah. Much critical attention has been focused on the alleged antisemitism of Wagner's characterization of Beckmesser. Beckmesser. Since the idea was put forward by the Marxist critic, Theodore Adorno. Wagner's scholar, Barry Millington, advanced the idea that Beckmesser represents a Jewish stereotype whose humiliation by the Aryan Walter is an onstage representation of Wagner's antisemitism. Millington ar argued in his 1991 Nuremberg trial, Is There Antisemitism in Die Meisterzinger? that common antisemitic stereotypes prevalent in the 19 in 19th century Germany were part of, an ideal of the ideological fabric of Die Meisterzinger and that Beckmesser embodied these unmistakable anti-Semitic characteristics. Millington's art article spurred significant debate among Wagner scholars, including Charles Rosen, Hans Rudolf Vogt, Vogt, Paul Lawrence Rose, and Karl A. Zenker. In a 2009 interview... Wait, Hans Rudolf what now? Hans Rudolf Vogt. How was his last name? V-A-G-E-T. Because you pronounce the V... Yeah, you pronounce you pronounce you. When, sorry, in, you no, in in German you. You pronounce, might want to consider changing your last name, my good dude. Yeah, you pronounce a V like an F. Like when you're going through the alphabet, it's uh the to say the word to say V, it's foul, not not V, it's foul. You say all your V's are like pronounced like F's. Um, yeah, like I said, that guy's still gonna want to change his last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that did not sound right. Yeah, so it says um, in a 2009 interview, Katarina Wagner, the composer's great granddaughter and co-director of the Bayreuth Festival, was asked whether she believed Wagner relied on Jewish stereotypes in his operas. Her response was, "With Beckmesser, he probably did." Nike Wagner, another of the composer's great, uh, great granddaughters, contends that Beckmesser is principally the victim of sadism, which is inseparable from the syndrome that also produces violent fascism. 
uh, scholars Dieter Borschmeier, Udo Bernbach, and Hermann Danusa support the thesis that with the character of Beckmesser, Wagner did not intend to allude to Jewish stereotypes, but rather to criticize academic pedantism in general. They point out similarities to the figure of Malvolio in Shakespeare's comedy Twelfth Night. Although the score calls for Beckmesser to rush off in a huff after his self-defeating attempt to sing Walter's song, in some productions, he remains and listens to Walter's correct singing rendition of the song and shakes hands with Zax after the final monologue. A related view holds that Beckmesser was designed to parody the renowned critic Edward Hunslick, who valorized the music of Brahms and held Wagner's music in low regard. We know that the original name of the Beckmesser character was Weit Hanslich, uh, and we know that Wagner invited Hanslich to the initial reading of the libretto. Though whether then the character still had the Hanslich name when Hanslich heard it is unclear. Uh, the second interpretation of Beckmesser may dovetail with the anti-Semitism interpretation above as Wagner attacked Hanslich of as of gracefully concealed Jewish origin in, his, in the revived, revised edition of his essay, Jewishness in Music. You know what? Yeah, he. I I, I believe that Beckmesser is completely an anti-Semitic character. It's Wagner. Come on. Yeah, it, it's just yeah. Wagner was a. He's a right. He was a raging. Yeah, he was a raging racist and. Like, there's no way he's. Not. Yeah, there's no way he. There's no way he. It was a parody of anybody. Of like of you know, it, it, there's no way it was like a, it was a uh, it was a crit you know a crit a crit. Yeah, it's not like Beckmaster's a big old your mom joke. No, no, it, I mean, come on, you know he, he's and of course, and of course if if that goes you know the 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 parody of of Edward Hanslick, but you know, he's Jewish, so of course, you know you can't separate that. He's, he's, it's fucking, it's fucking anti-Semitic. It's, it's yeah. fucking anti-Semitic. Um, and, and this is one of, I believe, this is one of, yeah, oh yeah. Die Meisterzinger was fre frequently used as part of Nazi propaganda. On March 23rd, 1st, 1933, the founding of the Third Reich was celebrated with a performance of the opera in the presence of Hitler. The prelude to Act 3 is played over shots of old Nuremberg at the beginning of Triumph of the Will. The 1935 film by Lenny, Re Lenny Riefenstahl depicted the Nazi Party Congress of 1934. Uh, during World War II, Die Meisterzinger was the only opera presented at the Bayreuth Festivals of 1943 and 1944. Um, the association of Die Meisterzinger with Nazism led to one of the most controversial stage productions of the work. The first Bayreuth production of the Die Meistersinger following World War II occurred in 1956 when Wieland uh, Wagner, the composer's grandson, attempted to distance the work from German nationalism by presenting it in almost abstract terms by removing any reference from Nuremberg to Nuremberg from the scenery. The production was dubbed Die Meistersinger ohne Nuremberg, the, Meister, the Master Singers without Nuremberg. Which I think would be pretty cool. That's actually pretty cool that he tried to do that. He's like, look, 
My family member. Yeah. So I'm gonna try to fix this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. Ah. He gets a he gets a you tried me- he gets a you tried medal. Yeah, he does. No, you know what? He gets thou hast made a valiant attempt, which is slightly better. Yes. Yes. So, you know, at least, you know, at least he was like, okay, I get it. You know, I don't want, I don't want, you know, my grandfather's work to be associated with Nazis. Here, I'm going to try, I'm going to uh, try. Um, I've, now, I yeah. get, I, know, shit. I know that there is a production, um, I think I have it. I think I have it tagged in my opera list um, where it's, it's, it's not, it, it's not um, like the Otto Shank production uh, with, with the town, you know, that looks like the town and everything. It's, it's very, it's a very minimalist looking set. Um, so I, I I'm going to, I'm going to, I might watch that and see what that's like. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to watch that and see what it's like. I, I, I know there is one. Um, now, of course, of course... He's going to be for staying awake during it. Yeah. Um, of course, Jonas has been in, has been in this. Um, he played Walter in, I believe it was in 15 or 16. Um, they Munich did a version, and it was a more, it was a more modern look. Unfortunately, there is no the only video clips there are, are from like a video magazine, uh, and like the the final dress rehearsal of of Meistersinger, um, but it looked really cool. He was like, it was like very modern. It what it it was like the the uh, Hans Zaps was in a. Uh, was in his his uh, cobbler shop was like a was a uh, VW microbus. Um, the uh, yo, I know, I love that. Um, and uh, um, Walter and Ava, they were uh, oh, at the beginning, um, Walter and Ava go off on a scooter. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, um, yeah. at the end of the like the oh the, where uh, when Walter is presented to the to the Master Guild, um, they instead of like the chalk, they have him sitting in a chair that is connected to uh, electric buzzers in the seat, and if he gets and you know instead of marking chalk and marking the chalkboard. The, you know, he hits the button and it and it uh, it shocks him. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, That's not cool. No. Uh, <laughs> and then at the end, of course, yeah, you know, he it, he's play he he carries around a guitar. It's pretty cool. And and Jonas got to dress Jonas got to dress down in jeans and t-shirts and shit and and. Uh, and, uh, 
it was it was really nice. So he he you know he won the contest and, and there was confetti and everything. And he goes at the end he goes off with Ava. I thought that was pretty cool. That goes through all the clips that I've seen. I didn't see I didn't see a clip of the, of like the big village fight or anything. I wish that I wish there were more clips of it, but it looked pretty cool. So so uh, yeah, he he sang. Uh, he's this is another uh, Wagner role he sung. Um, the only two Wagner roles now that he has not are, uh, Siegfried and Tannhäuser. And he's going to be tackling Tannhäuser in two years. Uh, Siegfried, I don't know if he's going to do that. So we'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, this, this is, I, I love this. I, I loved this. Uh, my sister is, is, is funny in spots that, that, but that, that uh, that scene with Beckmaster and Zach's, it, it, you know, where he's where he keeps interrupting him with the shoes is fucking hilarious. Oh my god, it is fucking hilarious. It, <laughs> and I do believe that um, Mikhail Vola is going to reprise the role of Hans Zach's. I think they're going to do Meistersinger at the Met this this coming season, uh, with the same production, but you know, different. But he and he's going to be uh, Zach's again, so that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, oh, and by the way, you um, there is a sale this weekend, uh, for on at T Public, everything's thirty five percent off, and of course we have. Uh, the, we have, yeah, we have our, uh, our, uh, Meistersinger, uh, design. It's the table of rules. Um, so, you know, like, like before, before, uh, Valto, um, sings his song for the Master Guild, uh, um, Kotner reads this list of rules. Um, and so, so that he has to follow. Uh, let me see if I can. Let me see if I can find that because I know the uh, thingy up. I know I put the thingy up. Uh, and there was thingy. Yeah. The, well, I, I know I posted it. It posted the uh, the um, the um design up. Oh, speaking of Wagner, uh, if you look, if you scroll down through our posts on, uh, on the Facebook page, you'll see, uh, I, I Meyer Beer versus Wagner, you know who we're backing. Uh, there's a picture of, uh, Meyer yeah. Beer. there's a picture of Meyer Beer. It, it says fall plans. Then beside it is a picture of Wagner with Delta variant. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh dear. Yeah, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to uh, Meyer Bear in a few weeks, so you'll find out. Just ah, ah, found it. So this is the table of rules. 
It says, as we mentioned in the podcast, we have a new design in our tea public shop, perfect for our upcoming episode on the Meisterzinger von Nuremberg. You can't be a master singer if you don't follow the table follow the table of rules. Each unit of a master song shall prevent a proper present a proper balance of its different sections, against which no one shall offend. Section consists of two stanzas, which shall have the same melody. The stanza is a group of so many lines. The line has its rhyme at the end. Thereupon follows the after song, which is also to be so many lines long, and have its own special melody, which is to, not to occur in the stanza. Each master song shall have several units in this ratio, and whoever composes a new song, which does not for more than four syllabies encroach upon other master's melodies, his song may win a master prize. That's it. That's it. So the, what I, I found it in German. I found the, I found the German libretto for, uh, my singer. I took the, the, uh, text of the, uh, table of rules, um, converted it into a, into a really cool looking font and, uh, made it into a design. It, it, it looks pretty cool. It, it, I think it looks pretty cool. Um, and you can get that any old way you want. A t-shirt, mask, mug, whatever. You know, I, I went in. If Just you, buy if our you, shit. Yeah, buy our shit. Support us, please. Um, I went in, I went in uh, today, earlier today, and I I noticed that I, I guess I really, really needed to update, like, not the designs themselves, but the layouts and the coloring for the different items. So that's what I did. They're all updated. Um, they're all, they're all, they're all fixed. They're all updated. You can now get, you know, uh, phone cases, computer, computer, uh, cases, um, pillows, mugs, stickers, magnets, uh, ma your masks, um, just go ahead and get whatever you want. Go for it. Um, just, you know, buy our shit, please. Cause you know, we, we need, we need money. We we're broke bitches. Um, but, uh, yeah. 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 There's if we don't have coffee money, we can't have coffee. And if we don't have coffee, we can't be awake to do this. Really? Seriously, guys. I need, you know, I, I need to, I, I have a, we both have dunking cards, okay? We have dunking cards that we need to add to. You know, think of it as, think of it as adding to yeah. our dunking cards. Yeah, we're, we're, what, your, your purchases get split in half, okay? When they give us our money, we split it in half and, and each of it, each half goes to us, you know, each one of us. And that money goes to our Dunkin' cards. So think of it as, you know, making us yeah. happy by, by, you know, by filling up our Dunkin' cards. And Dunkin' makes we're us happy. We're not exactly starving artists, but we're definitely fucking thirsty. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we, we love our coffee. Like, I have... In more ways than one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's right, bitches. I said it.
said thirsty bitches. <laughs> if you fucking follow me on Twitter on Mondays, you know I'm a thirsty bitch. <laughs> my my mm. I I dedicate I dedicate my Monday to Jonas. It's Man Crush Monday. <laughs> Oh, oh dear. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, oh, like, like Tuesday I went to, um, I went to, uh, Dunkin' and I got that vanilla cold brew with the sweet cold foam and it was pretty good. I liked it. Um, and then I got a, uh, I love this. I've had their cold beer with vanilla bean foam uh-huh. and with pumpkin foam, and I liked it times. Ooh. Ooh. I, I am now officially a basic bitch. I have not tried the pumpkin foam. It had a pumpkin cream. I, I'm still more of a peppermint thing. Peppermint time of year is my favorite time of year. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I like, it willing. was the pumpkin cold foam. Yeah. I am willing to try peppermint mocha this year for the first time ever i am willing to try peppermint mocha this year i am yay yep like uh, i said i am a basic bitch because i love peppermint season see i i've never been a, a real i've never been a peppermint person yeah i've, I've never been a peppermint person hard time eating because there's so much of it yeah like there, there was the one where it was like white chocolate, like a it was like a winter, more of a general winter thing, and I went to order it and they didn't have it. It's like ah crap. Uh, and then the one time I went to get gingerbread, gingerbread, and I went to, and then one time I went to get a gingerbread latte and they were out of that too. It's like no. What is this horse shit? Really? Ah. Uh. Oh, and by the way, like in March when they come out with it, they come out with the Irish cream stuff. Oh my God, it's awful. I had that. It was it was a free drink. I didn't pay, so basically I didn't pay anything for it, but it was nasty. That was nasty. Um. Yeah, yeah it was nasty. Uh, but uh, it it was like an Irish coffee kind of thing. It tasted, it tasted funny. It just, but uh, the pumpkin cold foam, it might, it might taste like, um, I've had, uh, I've had this, it's like a dessert dip and it's basically like, uh, it's, it's basically like pumpkin pie spice or a little bit of pumpkin in Cool Whip. And I've eaten it with graham crackers before. It is really good. That that might be what pumpkin cold foam is like. So I may have to try it. I may have to try that. Um, um no. I that that was, it was good. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, if you buy our shit on our T Public site, and especially this weekend, uh, all of our money will be going to all of that money will be going to our Duncan cards. And Duncan makes us happy. So, 
please make us happy. Uh, so uh, there is your review of the Meisterzing of You don't want us to be grumpy assholes. No. No. Absolutely not. That'd be, that'd be awful. That'd be awful. Um, so there is your uh, there is your review of the Meisterzing of number. Incredibly biased. Yeah. Admittedly highly biased. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and, you know, and uh, thus we have another, another tale in the sordid history, in the sordid life history of bitch lasagna, uh, <laughs> which by the way, is a design in our tea public shop as well. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, oh, I, I, I can't, I had this idea, uh, before we, before we sign off here, I had this idea. With with uh, Comic Con season coming up, you know there there's Dragon Con. Um, I, I think Steel Valley Con is is past, but uh, um, I know I know you like to you go to Sci Fi Valley Con, right? Um. Yes, I do. I, I volunteer there. I'm going to show up um, dressed as Alice in Wonderland one day and Raggedy Ann the next. Ooh, ooh. So I usually don't dress up the first day just so I can like get in the swing of things mm -hmm. and see my con family again. But I I have an idea. If any of our listeners are going to Sci-Fi Valley Con or uh, or Dragon Con or anything, go to our T Public web shop, uh, our T Public store. Okay. Grab a either like a wall art, the wall art, or a sticker or a magnet or something that has our uh, the uh, that hashtag offer trash or our or our logo, something. Okay, dress up like your favorite opera character, or if you want to dress up like Wagner and carry around uh, a, an empty box of a Stouffer's lasagna, um, if you want to dress up like. Uh, like old slap nuts, um, or yeah, if you want, if you want to dress up like you know, one of like one of the characters from an opera, uh, and, you know, and, and you you can and you get and there's a coordinating you know like sign or something for, you know in their shop, do that, and uh, especially if you're going to Sci-Fi Valley Con and you happen to see Anna there, you can you know get your picture taken with her. You know, with a sign. Um, uh, yeah, and and pass on the pictures uh, to one of us, either on the Facebook page or through our Twitter through our Twitter feeds. Uh, Anna's is she who is Anna. That's with one N, and mine is Le Chat Savant. Um, pass on your pictures, and we will put them on the Facebook page. Um, because we want to see, we, you know, if our, if our fellow opera trash are out there and are willing to dress up like old slap nut, I, I'd love to see somebody dressed up like old slap nut. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be great. Um, uh, carried around a cat because, you know, you like pussy. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it, yeah. That there's an idea. I had that idea this morning as I was doing the, as I was, you know, doing the, you know, redoing the, uh, the, the uh, layouts for the different stuff. I was like, hmm, you know, this would be a good idea. So you know, if if that if that appeals to anybody who's listening, you know, go ahead and try it. I know it might be a last minute thing, but you know, you could, you could maybe try it and see if that works. Um, so uh, that is it for our show this week. As always, uh, we thank you for tuning in. Especially, oh, also, yes. of course, our um, of course our fuckboy of the opera is Zach Messer. Yes, of course. I I and I I almost forgot that our fuckboy the opera is Beck Messer, also Wagner for turning for for uh, you know making Beck Messer a an anti-Semitic stereotype. You know, of course Wagner is forever a fuckboy, mm-hmm. uh, but you know even more so for for this one. Um, so as I said, we thank you guys for listening. You know, we, we truly love you guys for, for tuning in every week, especially after, you know, last week's, you know, uh, microphone miss out. Um, so, uh, tune in wherever you find your podcasts, you know, like app, like iTunes and iHeart and Spotify, wherever. Um, go ahead and like our Facebook page, go ahead and visit our tea public shop. Like I said, everything's, uh, this is like the final sale of August. Um, there'll be more, there'll be more sales next month. I'm sure. Um, and next week's, uh, next week's, um, opera, next week's episode is going to be another Verity, another Verity. Uh, but, uh, this Verity is pretty cool. The Scottish opera. The Scottish (laughs) opera. Yes, which because <laughs> nobody mentions the name of it, uh, it's 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 Macbeth, but uh, it's it's a different twist on Shakespeare. It's pretty cool, and and the version we saw, oh my god, the version we saw is absolutely amazing. I love we loved this, not only because it because of the the visuals, but because our beautiful diva queen was in it. Our beautiful diva queen on a trumpet. And our favorite opera, our favorite opera bad guy, Zoga Lushik, was in it as well. Yes, he was. Uh, also, also Huggy Satan. Huggy Satan. Oh, was in it too. that's the most stupid, that's the most stupid, sexy man Yeah, yeah, yep. So, uh, so that's the one where stupid, sexy banquo happened. Yep. Stupid, sexy Banquo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, tune in for that next week, guys, because that's going to be really good. Um, and it, it has, I think, I think there, I, I think I, oh, I can, and one of the, and it also has another instance of another, another, uh, Example of why Anna Netrebko is the queen of the mad scene. Oh my god. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. So, yes. so, and, and, and by the way, this was the first, uh, this was the first opera I saw, I watched with her in it. And I, I was actually like, oh, I was, I was instantly like, oh shit, who is this? You know? 
So, and you'll see, and I will post a clip, of, I will post that clip of the first time I saw her. And you'll see why I said, oh shit, who is this? Um, so tune into that next week, guys. Um, lots of, lots of good stuff, uh, next week. Um, so until then, everyone, uh, stay trashy opera fans. Stay trashy opera fans. We love you and we will talk to you next week. We love you all. Bye guys. Bye.